listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hi, you're listening to the My Pet Podcast. My name is Aria and I'm joined by our resident vet and round rupper of Muddy Ponies, oh, yeah. Dr. Glenn. Hello. How are you going? Good. On a scale of one to Peppa Pig, how muddy are your horses? Uh, at the moment, uh, very Peppa Pig. Very Peppa Maybe Pig. Maybe Daddy Pig. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mine are about the same. Yeah. <laughs> very wet season here in Queensland. Yes, yeah. right now, lots of rain. Yeah. It's lovely. Um, you can't have grass without mud, Dad used to say. I like that. Mm. That's cute. But mud sucks. With yeah. Horses. yeah. Yeah. But we're here to discuss what – the problems are with mud and what we can do about them and yeah. how we can prevent them. Um, so this is just general advice for advice specific to you and your horses. Have a chat to your horse's vet. Um, so let's get stuck in what – Let's get the, stuck all, in the mud. Yeah, let's get stuck in the mud. <laughs> all the problems that it can cause. Um, firstly, I have a very important question, um, one that I've been wanting to ask a veterinary professional for a long time. Right. I'm worried now. <laughs> Is it true that the paler colour the horse's coat, the more muddy they will get? Uh, anecdotally, I would say yes, that is correct. <laughs> okay, because I, I have, I, I think I can do a clinical study on that yeah. and find pretty resounding yes. Put it this way, if you had a horse that was all white on one side and all dark on the other side, the white side is the one they would line. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have paint horses, and um, they are, yeah, they're yeah, very prone to mud. Yeah, my black quarter horse. Never rolled in the mud. Some would say it's just more obvious and there's probably just as much mud on the no. bay horse, but it's just less that's, obvious. That's rubbish. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, so let's get into the the, the, the real muddy problems. Yeah. So um, there's a number of places where things can go pear-shaped in wet, muddy weather. Yep. Um, and the skin is definitely one of them. Absolutely. Um, the skin around their pastins. Um, is seems to be the one that first, first spot that goes and, and particularly troublesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, it has a billion different names. Yep. Greasy heel mud fever. I know. Greasy heel mud fever. Greasy heel. Um, I mean rain rots a bit higher up. Um, but yeah, lots of different names for essentially the same sort of group of of things that are happening. Um, and depending on the cause of them, and depending on the severity of them, um, and depending on where you live in the world, um, or probably live in Australia, they get called different things. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So what is it? Um, I mean, most of them stem from the bacteria and fungi, like hot, wet, moist conditions, um, which is what happens, and the pastin, which is the the back of the leg, basically below the fetlock. Um, I mean, it's close to the ground. Um, it's in the wet grass. It's in the wet mud, um, and it's complicated. Um, it's got short hair on it, and that yeah. probably makes it. In, well, in general, it's got short hair on it, um, and that makes them more prone to troubles. But if you've got a feathered horse, like a um, draft horse or something, um, having really long hair makes it worse as well. Um, yes, and if you're in a cold wet winter climate, the longer the hair is, more likely to be. Um, and when it's really hot and humid in the tropics, um, the extra heat and humidity makes bacteria and fungi grow better as well. Yeah. 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 And, you know, like when they're sinking ankle deep in it, it's yep. just there's no escaping it. It's just wet all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, the symptoms are like 
pink skin, yep. itchy. So, yeah, so it's, I mean, it depends a little bit on the cause, but they sort of all end up looking the same a lot of the time. You'll just get this uh, paston dermatitis, so it's usually the skin above the frog, um, just right on the back of the paston. Um, I mean, it gets red, gets inflamed, um, might start with the pus use, and it gets a scab on it. Um, it's usually itchy, so sometimes they'll be sort of scratching it and self-traumatising it, turning around and chewing on it. You'll see them chewing on their front feet, occasionally yeah. chewing on their back feet, but like they'll end up rubbing it on things, posts and sticks and stuff like that because it's itchy which causes more trauma um, and whenever there's some oozy stuff well that attracts you know flies and biting flies and midges um, which probably makes it more itchy so it's it, sometimes there's specific causes sometimes there's non-specific causes and it all ends up sort of looking like this rotten smelly um, sore horrible patch of skin yeah yep. and it, like in severe cases the actual the whole the whole leg can puff up, Absolutely, really. Yeah. yeah, they start getting swelling at the side and they start socking up. And, and um, I mean, if they're feeling unwell and they're moving around less or if it's too wet and they don't want to move around, the, the less that horses move or the more likely they are to, to get um, skin swelling. And the more swelling they've got, the more likely it is potentially if there's a few bacteria that get um, in underneath the skin through those wounds, well, then you've got um, cellulitis and infection and yes. that's where um, you start to get like mud fever yes. um, where they actually start running temperatures and, and it becomes like a, a systemic illness potentially where you've got bacteria beyond just the skin surface. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like mild, greasy heel. What are what are the treatment options for that? I mean, it's essentially trying to keep the area as dry as possible, trying to keep it as clean as possible, get rid of by means as gentle as possible the the scab and ooze um, that's there. So that's um, usually involves like soaking it um, in something. So whether that's like an antibacterial yeah. um, shampoo or some sort of emollient cream to soften it up, or um, Vaseline or all sorts of things get used to to soften things up. Um, certainly, I would never scrub at a lesion like that because it's just going to make it sore. But you're just trying to soften as best as possible, um, irrigate it off um, to get rid of um, as much stuff as possible. Um, reapply a um, antiseptic of some sort yeah. um, to reduce bacterial and fungal growth um, and then try and keep it dry, um, which is really easy to say um, if you're on a podcast but haven't got one or ten wet horses at home. Yeah, yeah. or 50 or 100, 100 or 300, yeah. 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 Um, keeping it dry doesn't always look like bandaging it. No, it's a hard one because I mean, bandaging like some of these lesions, we we do prefer to bandage yeah. because you can um, better control the skin situation and um, and stop that scab and ooze from building up at the skin surface because the bandage absorbs that. Yeah. But if the bandage absorbs moisture from the inside, if you're in still out in the paddock and it's wet, well, that bandage is wet straight away, so that yeah. doesn't work. Um, we all know horses. Um, go really fast when they want to um, and bandages you know can slip yeah bandages can put extra pressure on um, places so it gets complicated um, so sometimes you prefer to have them not bandaged but obviously um, out of the weather is the best spot for them yeah. um, and with this sort of like past and dermatitis what are the red flags that it's time to call the vet out um, for me 
call you then anytime that you don't feel comfortable with what's going on for yeah, a start. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you've got, you know, lameness, if you've got um, significant swelling, if you've got significant breaks in the skin, I would never say don't ring the vet. I yeah. Mean, um, and because there's multiple different factors that cause it, um, I mean, there's um, general bacterial overgrowth that can cause it, um, but there's also specific bacteria that getting a diagnosis on those specific bacteria is important as well. Yes. Um, the Actinomyces-style bacteria that um, causes more damage to the skin than a non-specific secondary overgrowth Um, and then okay is it fungal infection Um, and you've got to go harder with antifungal agents because some um, topical agents are just antibacterial some are singly antifungal and some are antibacterial and antifungal so um, getting a diagnosis on what you're actually dealing with is is a really good idea Um, and there's a small subclass of those hairy um, fetlocked horses mostly draft horses but sometimes there's mites um, involved like there's actually um, like parasites that are there that need insecticidal treatment as well um, or a combination of all of the above yeah yeah so speaking of bacteria in the skin um then you have Rain scald, yep. which is higher up. Yep. Um, so, what what is rain scald? Is it the same kind of thing, but just on the rest of the body? It's the same specific bacteria that can cause troubles down low. The um, dermatophilosis. Um, it's an Actomyces style bacteria, so it's a bacteria that sort of behaves a bit like a fungus. Okay. But it's still a bacteria. Okay. So it it's, um, behaves like a fungus, as and it gets little. Um, mycelial-like um, branching growths wow. um, on and through the skin, um, which makes it quite aggressive. Um, also makes it a specific organism that can get transmitted via um, rugs or brushes yeah. or um, cleaning um, agents and stuff like that. Um, so it's potentially like a, a herd problem. Yeah. Um, it's a specific bacteria that we see it mostly in younger horses um, yep. because it's they get an immune response to it and, and sort of become immune to it. So classically you'll see it in like wieners or, or yearlings um, in wet weather. Yeah. Um, and the rain scold is just if they're in the rain a lot um, where the, the skin is wet, you'll just get this um, – painful, weeping, oozing dermatitis gets a crust on it like they're getting possibly on the pastin because it's yep. the same bacteria some of the time. Yeah. Um, and you get it in the like the rain run lines, like where the yeah. hair directs the the water down the um, sort of near the flanker there um, in particular and, and down the back of the hind leg. So you'll get these sort of scalded areas where the you know the, the hair will start to lift off and the skin will start to lift off because it's all pussy and oozies, thus rain rot, rain scald is the, yeah. is the name. Yeah. yeah. But it's can be pretty nasty. Yeah. yeah. And the treatment for that's similar in that it's like a softening them and using an antibacterial, antifungal. Yep. Antibacterial, antifungal. Sometimes um, when your vet's involved, using systemic antibiotics that are appropriate for that particular bacteria. Yeah. Um, so, again, you know, um, getting a diagnosis um, is, is a good idea. And, yeah. Um, some vets will take samples of that and send it off to the lab or you can sort of see it stained up underneath the microscope yeah. um, and, and diagnose it that way a lot of the time um, if your vet's got their microscope with them in yeah, the, cool. the back of the car, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a primarily bacterial problem that again keeping them dry easy for me to say um but out of the rain um makes it a lot less likely yeah. to happen um they were working on a um vaccination for it at one stage really? but, but hasn't, hasn't come to fruition um i mean 
areas that get intense rain and lots of rain, like it can be a really big problem. And then, you know, a lot of areas you, you rarely, rarely see a horse with rain scald. But, um, yeah, depending on the, the weather conditions, like if you get unseasonal, you know, a couple of weeks straight of rain or, or several days yeah. of really intense rain, um, you can get multiple horses in the same paddock with it because they probably caught off each other, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Is it the kind of thing where it's like a naturally there's a little bit of this bacteria there and then yep. the wet conditions just make it just make it worse yeah yeah um and yeah like as far as keeping them dry in hot humid summers like we have in queensland at the moment um putting a rain sheet on them isn't necessarily the best thing i'd imagine because then they're sweaty under that correct yeah it's really difficult because it, it, i mean it's when it's hot enough you don't want anything on them i mean you get really light rain sheets i mean even like the mesh style rugs maybe that helps to run um some of the water off but yeah i mean my my horses are nude at the moment yeah um, because it's just too bloody hot yeah yeah same it's just yeah too because there's a, yeah the evaporative effect of them being able to sweat is yeah. what cools them down. But certainly, you know, cool climate conditions, yeah, rain sheets, you know, definitely make a big difference because yeah. you're not getting that contact with the skin of, of being wet all the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is there any way that you can prevent rain scald other than having a, a nice dry shelter or stable? Lots of stables. Um, <laughs> basically, no. I mean, look, if you knew that um, there was one horse in the herd affected, I mean, potentially like preemptive um, antibacterial um, shampoos and yeah. washes and that sort of thing. You know, you know, potentially if you're trying to stop it spread in in a um, herd situation, yeah, um, that could help. But really, it's a bacteria that's not. Yes, it's spreadable potentially from horse to horse, but it's in the environment as well. Yeah. Um, so it's not something you can ever get rid of as yeah. such. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next thing, that the next problem that, well, the next place that mud causes problems with horses is their hooves. Yep. It's a big one. Yep. It's like the bane of every horse owner's existence. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> when an area has had a lot of rainfall, I will see lots of orders come in at Vet and Pet for like poultices and like all the sort of stuff that yeah. you need to treat a whole abscess from that area. Um, so I can always tell where there's been somewhere with lots of rain. Yeah. And horses are, I mean, they're herd animals, but they're really frustrating when you've got a big paddock and there's no mud over there, there's no mud over there, but you're standing in the gateway here where all the mud is. Um, go and stay somewhere else. No. But they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. That would be too sensible. Yeah. Um, so let's go through the hoof problems that happen in wet, muddy conditions. Yep. Um, when the, like, obviously the hooves are like nails. So when they get soft, that, that causes all sorts of problems. Yeah. I mean, they just haven't got the same, um, structural protective mechanism in place. So just, you know, if they're wet all the time, um, the sole ends up getting softer and more supple than normal, which, um, is a bad thing if you then stand on a rock or a stick or something hard in one spot. Mm. Um, so, I mean, they can get non-specifically tender-footed, even if they haven't got any other specific problems, like just because it's wet and soft. Yeah. Um, and then that can cause problems with, you know, a sensitive sole can become a stone bruise, which can have a bit of hemorrhage and then makes it more likely to get a hoof abscess, which yeah. is rotten feet troubles as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... I think probably one that I have dealt with a lot with my horses is is thrush or like yep. fungal infections. Yep. Um, just from being constantly wet. Yep. 
Um, so what 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 is that? Like, what? How does it happen? Yeah. So thrushes. Um, you've got the structure of the horse's hoof. You've got the the hoof wall and the sole, um, and then you've got the frog bit at the back with the little V shape, um, and it sort of tends to be softer. Um, than the soul um, because it's more flexible um, as part of the blood pumping mechanism, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but it's because it's softer, it's more able for water to penetrate into it and it's easier for, I think, fungal organisms to um, invade um, and they get thrushied, which just means you've got a fungal infection and it gets like a chalky white um, sort of look to it sometimes and smells really funky and then you get little abscesses in it sometimes and it's just all rotten and disgusting. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they like slough off and the whole frog sort of falls off. Um the cornified bit or what should be the hard bit Um, and then you've got the soft exposed sort of quick layer underneath and and that's not much fun Um, or you've got um, infection deeper underneath there and the soft spongy stuff that's all chalky is still on top but you've still got deeper infection underneath so it just goes funky everywhere yeah Yeah. um and so what is treatment what like what sort of treatment do you um use for, for this sort of thing. Yeah, so, I mean, thrush, you've just got to get in there and clean out all the damaged tissue as best as possible, and then it's usually um, antiseptic, whether that's like a strong iodine solution or there's various um, uh, treatment ointments and that sort of thing you can put on that uh, antifungal in effect, but also um, try and keep some of the water out um, mm. and also treat the infection, basically, mm. so make it as healthy as possible. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I struggled with this a lot with my horse um, at my last place because yeah. it was very flat, very black clay mud, yeah. um, and the, the water would just pool like it wouldn't run off because it was so flat. Yeah. So then there was nowhere elevated, so everywhere just got wet. So, yeah, we dealt with it a lot there. Yeah. So um, And because her feet would get so soft, like if I was picking them out, I'd often just use like the bristle yeah. of the the brush just yep. to like flick all the mud out you know make sure there's nothing in there yep. and then yeah spray some iodine in there to try and yep. yeah prevent it from getting any worse when it's soft, like you can't just pare away all the soft tissue because that you're gonna have some more soft stuff underneath yeah yeah but, and, but you gotta try and clean it up so your antifungal stuff is, is having some sort of effect yeah. yeah and as far as like yeah paring things away i'd just get my trimmer out um, um yeah that's the best idea. Yeah. yeah. And again, if you've got any significant significant lameness, okay, get a vet involved as well. Yeah. Um, because you, you don't know what's going on until you know what's going on. Because, yeah, absolutely. I mean, plenty of horses have got thrush as well as a solapsis. Um, and if you've got you know infection going from a solapsis up the hoof wall, well, you've got trouble. So, um, if you've got significant lameness, yep, get your vet. Yeah. Yeah. And you like I just think you don't want to be pairing away at a hoof unless you know what you're doing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So hoof abscesses. Yep. That's like yeah. That's the big boy that yeah I think. The, the the mud causes. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a big problem and a couple of different mechanisms there. The soft soles, getting a stone bruise, certainly that makes them more prone to getting a, a um, an abscess, but there's also like the hoof um, and as often happens, you have a drought and then you have flooding rains um, and the horse this hoof is really cracked and dry um, and you've got these little micro cracks everywhere and the horse's hoof isn't a sterile spot in the first place. Um, it gets really wet and those little bacteria get through the little micro cracks and get to where they've got a food source um, mm-hmm. and aerobes so there's no um, there's no oxygen in there, um, which is why it smells really funky um, and they grow in anaerobic conditions and make gas, which makes swelling um, and start levering off soles and and heading up white lines and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to have a, 
a physical penetrating wound to get a sole abscess. You don't have to have a sole bruise. They make it more prone to troubles, but just a horse's hoof um, that's wet and spongy can get a, a sole abscess as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, I mean, if, if anyone's lucky enough to not have had one, what do they look like? Um, I mean, just really, really painful as far as the horse is concerned. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the outside, a lot of the time you can't see anything because it's underneath the sole and that's the problem. Um, so you need you know, a vet or a farrier with hoof testers to see what's going on. Um, if the infection stays there for long enough, depending on where it is on the sole or the foot, it can come out um via the path of least resistance, basically. So they'll end up coming out like through the back of the frog where the hard stuff joins the sensitive stuff. So you'll end up with pus draining out the back of the frog. Um, Sometimes it'll come through the sole where the the abscess is formed. Sometimes it'll end up going along the white line and up the hoof wall. So you'll end up swelling at the coronary band, so at the hairline, um, anywhere around the hoof. Um, So it's – and you don't want that to happen because the more – tissue it damages the more tissue it disrupts the deeper the infection is and, and the more trouble it can cause yeah yeah and and what is the treatment for hoof abscesses most of the time it's just draining them exteriorizing them so finding out exactly where it is um, and then paring down and, and exploring it getting rid of that horrible gas and pus um, yeah. that's in there and then um, packing it with antiseptics and Keeping it dry and clean, <laughs> um, and um, and letting nature take its course and, and and heal it up. But it gets more complicated if it's already busted out the coronary band, or if you've got you know you can get secondary um, sensitive tissues that are um, infected and antibiotics and everything else that goes yeah. along with it. But yeah, a, a, a hoof abscess doesn't need antibiotics because it's not in the body unless it gets in the body. Yeah, <laughs> it's not in the body until it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and an abscess travelling up the white line is different to white line disease or CD2, is that right? It is, yeah. I mean, the, the white line disease, CD2, tends to be, again, like fungal organisms. I mean, there's probably bacteria involved as well, but it's just, again, it's a, probably the same organisms that are causing the thrush at the back. It's just um, eating tissue that's available to be eaten, the white lines, the little connector between the sensitive tissue and the, the hard hoof wall. So yeah. it's the, the softest spot, again, the area of least resistance. Um, and you can get um, gravel, um, which is a condition where they, like, you know, it's muddy. If you haven't got shoes on your horse, um, little bits of grit and small rocks that are in the mud because um, the horse's hoof is soft, it gets poked up yeah. in, in that. Um, weak spot basically so it can start to cause troubles but yeah basically um, if it's wet there's more funk there's more infection and grass seeds which is apparently why it's called seedy toe um can do because i mean basically you lose you end up with like a, a v-shaped um wedge basically so like the 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 white line dissolves away, gets eaten away, and then anything can start yeah. to poke up in there and then it, it um, acts like a wedge and levers stuff apart. Yeah, but it, it often starts with, um, yeah, wet feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, it's one like, again, with the cracks at the front of the hoof, yep. I feel like that's a big yep. warning sign Absolutely. for that. And so treatment for white line disease, what is that? Again, um Pairing out the um, damaged tissue, but that could be very close to the sensitive tissue. And I mean, it's like depending on the size of the horse, five to eight millimeters before you get to the pedal bone. Yeah. Um, so it gets pretty complicated. Yeah. Um, and antiseptic stuff um, to stop the infection and time to allow normal tissue to grow down while maintaining a um, 
as less bacterial fungal environment and as dry as possible. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And like, yeah, with white line disease, it's like dry and lots of airflow in there. So <laughs> it's, yeah, I've seen all sorts of interesting like ways that hooves have been opened up to sort of let yeah. that out and it's looks terrifying. It's terrifying and there's lots of important stuff there. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, yeah that's another one that it's yeah. like. And other than having nice, clean, dry stables <laughs> and shelter, um, what preventative measures can be taken to try and stop these hoof things from happening? Yeah, I mean, there's lots and lots of different things you can do. Um, I mean, obviously, yes, stables and shelter um, definitely is a big part of it, um, but practically depends on your circumstances. Have you got those places to put your horses? Um, what's the paddock situation? How much room have you got? Um, do you own the place or do you rent the place? Yeah, there's lots, lots of different things to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as hoof care goes? Uh, hoof care, I mean, certainly uh, regular cleaning um, makes sense because if the horse is in the paddock and you can't remove them from the paddock and they're still going to be in the mud, um, regular just picking out their feet and making sure there's not a rock wedged up in there somewhere mm. that goes along with all the mud, um, it, you'll be earlier on to things like thrush and white line disease um, with regular cleaning and also looking at um, the you know the past and the skin side of things. Um, you'll just be earlier to the game on that one. Yeah. Um, if you've got... The ability to um, temporarily remove the horse from that situation, um, and like give the horse's feet a good clean out, um, to where they can get, I mean, dry or drier. Um, you can start using things like, um, hoof oils and, and, um, emollient, um, and, uh, antibacterial antifungal, um, creams and lotions and potions. Yeah. Um, to try and just, um, keep, the bacterial and fungal storm at bay. Yeah. Yep. And and hydrating that hoof um, with all the oils, which is the way that it normally protects itself. I mean, that can be quite important. Yeah. yeah. I um, put a dressing on my horse's feet like pretty much all the time. Every week um, I use a Conkey's hoof seal yep. and I've found that it's been really great um, to keep it, to keep her hooves not too dry and not too wet, especially when it's wet. I just find that it makes it easier to pick them out yep. if there's something like that there. But then you, when they get wet, putting a whole foil on there, um, yeah, to you know, or if they're too dry, can really help with all those cracks. It helps both ways. I mean, it just backs up the, the horse's normal protective mechanisms for what's going on. Yeah. Yep. And then as far as like there's also the nutrition side of things, yep. like there's a lot of supplements out there, um, like, you know, biotin that can help with, yep. with hoof health as well. Absolutely. You know, the more healthy – well, the, the the more healthy wall you're growing down, the better that's going to be. But um, if you've got a healthy hoof wall, you're more likely to have healthy white line and healthy frog and healthy um, healthy keratin um, synthesis basically. So yeah. Yeah, if, the ho- if the hooves aren't growing at all – um, they're more likely to rot away. Yeah. <laughs> if you're growing new hoof and new keratin faster, you just got more protection there. Yeah. 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 Um, there's also some weird things <laughs> that happen with, with mud and wet weather. Um, like I've heard you mention swamp cancer before. It's a terrible name. It is. It sounds <laughs> it's a terrible disease. It sounds terrible, and I don't. I don't. I don't really know much about it, but it sounds awful. Yeah, that's more of a tropical area problem. 
um, I mean, they call them spot cancers because the horses can get lesions usually on the underside of their body, legs and bellies where they sit around um, if they've got access to water and swamps. Um, so dams and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. horses will just um, hang out in the dam because it's cooler basically. Yeah. Um, but if they've got little abrasions and that sort of thing, they can get um, fungal infections. So it's a phycomycosis. It's a, um, a specific couple of types of fungal infections that gets into the tissue and it just causes like – um, suppurative, which means sort of snotty, pussy-looking lesions that look like they drain, like an ectoplasm, like it's not pus, but it's not blood. It's sort of a bit of both, but it's sort of just a slimy, algae-looking <laughs> ooze that comes out of them sometimes, the poor buggers. So um, it's not actually cancer. It's, it's not actually cancer, but it like it spreads. It's just it looks, nightmare looks juice. like a cancer, yeah. Like, oh I mean, I've, I've seen them as big as dinner plates or bigger <gasps> um, within, you know, a couple of weeks or a month or something like that because they just invade the surrounding tissue. So they're not common. They're quite difficult to treat, um, but they're a bit like cancer, as in a lot of time you've got to try and cut them out wow, um, okay. to surgically remove as much um, of the infected tissue and then use various anti-fungal stuff and, and there's vaccines you can use for it. Yeah, okay. Um, but it's not a particularly common problem, but that's you would certainly get your vet involved yes. if you had a um, ulcerating, bleeding, um, very itchy Draining snot lesion on your horse. Hopefully, before there's snot draining. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that people can do to prevent that? Uh, I mean, again, limit access to really um, stagnant water sources where horses like to sit around in, but that's probably good for their hooves as well as um, making yeah. them less likely to get greasy heel and everything else, as, as well as less likely to get swamp cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so is, is, is there any other, like, weird and wonderful things that you've seen? Well, there's lots of weird and wonderful things. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, tropical, like, melioidosis, which is a um, wet season um, bacterial infection that isn't really a skin problem or such. They just get sick and die and do, oh. do other things. Um, but it's a wet weather problem, um, more so in horses and camels and occasionally dogs and people and stuff. Yeah. There's lots of weird stuff. But there is lots not, of weird stuff. It's not stuff. very common. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. won't worry people with weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as, like, even if you don't have a nice, dry stable, yep. like I I have, and, and I've been almost in the situation where I've been renting, so I haven't been able to do a lot. Um, so there are little things that you can do you know, try and do to manage the environment. Yep. Um, so, like, I'm a big fan of rotating my paddocks. So even on a rental property, I could just set up smaller paddocks with yep. some electric tape um, and make sure that I have good grass cover. So keeping it, like, you know, 5, 10 centimetres long and no lower. Yep. Especially, like, through spring when it's starting to get wet, I will often even just do, like, a sacrifice area yep. so that there's good grass cover because when there's grass cover – it's less likely to get muddy. That's right. And then, you know, even if the paddocks are muddy, well, I can sort of rotate them around them, you know, like every couple of days. So they're not standing in the same muddy spot. And it gives the, the ground time to recover. And it also is good long term for your for your pasture Passes, as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, all those things make a, a difference. Um, just depends on, um, yeah, how much you can manage for those things. That's for sure. And, yeah. And what your um, what your circumstances are. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But um, yeah, obviously, 
minimizing the amount of like the, you know, the depth of the mud. Um, you know, you can have gravelled or you know, built up areas that drain better and, and maybe feed animals there if you can um, on those spots so they're not standing around in mud as much and they're not damaging the paddocks as much. So that's one thing. Um, but again, you've got to have you know, a very nice, hard packed area for that to work well. Yeah. There's no point sprinkling gravel there because it's going to get just gravel mixed in with mud, yeah. um, which might chew up their legs even worse. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they can get, you know, synthetic, um, you know, geofabrics to put underneath that sort of thing and, and tiles that you put gravel in amongst um, concrete or plastic yes. ones that, that improve drainage um, for sort of those sacrifice sort of areas. But if um, you're on adjustment or you're renting, it's just not possible. Makes it hard. And yeah. a lot of people are in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, so it does make it really tricky. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I think, like, you know, horses, their hoof, the integrity of the hoof is really improved by movement. Yeah. So when it's muddy, you know, it's so hard to get them moving without slipping. Yep. So, yeah, it's yeah, just – it makes, it makes it tough. It does make it really tough. And, I mean, prevention-wise, in part of the treatment thing as well, like um, the is it a wives' tale about horses with white hooves have more – problems and white legs have more problems. Yes. It's probably not really a wife's tale because there's certainly there is a problem with um photosensitization like sun induced problems and as part of that whole paston dermatitis um mm-hmm. greasy heel problem, like there is a photosens photosensitization issue that happens and the less pigment there is there as in if you've got a horse with a white sock, leg, foot, it's more likely to get more sun exposure um, and they can get like a, a vasculitis, which is inflammation of the blood vessels mm. that are there. Um, so the more sun that they get, potentially they're more likely to exasperate the condition that's already there. Yeah. Um, so obviously stables and shade can help with that. Um, I mean, bandaging can help to keep the sun off, but there's also the problems of going with bandaging in wet yeah. weather. Um, things like um, filter back and like zinc oxide based creams, which are antibacterial as well as um, keep the sun off, that yeah. um, seems to help in most cases. Yeah. Um, occasionally it makes them worse, which is difficult, but yeah. some horses seem to react to, um, to those um, zinc oxide style creams as well. But most of the time, they're, they're a benefit. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the potential sort of treatment options. But yeah, thinking about sun exposure, if you've got skin that is damaged and that goes with the rain scald sort of things as well. I mean, mm. if you've got hair loss and, um, open wounds and, and unhealthy skin, the more sun that gets in there, the worse it's going to be potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So sun is part of it, although it's sun that's going to dry out the mud. I know. It's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I struggle with that with my girl. She's got three big white stockings yep. and white feet. So Yeah, and if it's summer, they've got a really thin coat as well. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it'll be really sunny for a couple of days and she'll be out sunbathing because she refuses to be sensible and refuses to keep any sun protection on. Yep. And then, yeah, it'll be rainy and she'll have pink sunburnt yep. feet. And That's how it works. Yeah. So, but, yes, um, filter bag does help, help with her feet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think we've just about covered the mud as much as we possibly can. Yep. Um, a few mitigation strategies there. Yeah. Yep. So, yes, I'm sure whoever's listening so this is probably covered in mud, as we will be this afternoon when we get home to our horses, I'm sure. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye.